You're listening to the Nutanix Community Podcast with Dwayne Lesnar and Angelo Luciani, episode 67. Here we go. Welcome back. This week, Dwayne and I chat with Nutanix technology champion David Teague about Nutanix Move. And for those that are unfamiliar, Nutanix Move automates the steps required to manually migrate or rebuild VMs on an AHV environment, saving significant time and effort. It's always great to hear real-life examples. So let's join the conversation. Welcome. Today we're doing something a little bit crazy. Um, This might shock a lot of people, but we're actually having a community member on the community podcast. I know, crazy, right? Please welcome David Teague to the podcast. Welcome, David. Thanks. I'm happy to join. I like to talk, so. Well, then I guess everyone's in for a real treat. So (laughs) uh, uh, it's great uh, having an NTC on on the on the show to to share some experiences and i think the the agenda for today is nutanix move uh before getting into the the tumbleweeds of that product maybe just tell a little bit about yourself uh so people at the at their home or office probably in their car know uh know who a little bit about you uh yeah sure i've uh gosh i've been doing it since 1997 i started out there back in the lovely NT35, NT40 days. Um, and, you know, it's kind of funny. You've been, you do that, you do all kinds of jobs. I've done networking, I've done storage. But probably the last, you know, probably the last 10 years, it's heavily focused on virtualization and storage. And so uh, it was kind of natural to latch on to, to hyperconverge stuff in Nutanix when I, when I did. So Nice. I, did you happen to enjoy any of the dot-com boom um, being in 97? Um, yeah, I actually changed jobs in the middle of that, and there were. I, I'm in the RTP area, so we had really interesting things before that dropped. Like people wanted to pay people lots of money to be an exchange admin, and I, I went on an interview and actually turned a job down because I'm like, "What am I going to do? Well, you're going to help people with their email, manage their mailboxes. Uh, okay, what else am I going to do? And I mean, literally, because you know, IT staff grew, grew, grew in the late you know, late nineties, early two thousands, and then the dot com boom and that all fell apart. So <laughs> Yeah, I just missed out on it. And it was very sad after I heard the glory stories of salespeople with huge expense accounts and I ended up in ninety nine working in the actually maybe a little bit after that even working in a basement doing development. But uh, anyway, that's that's life in general up and down. But uh, we have you on today because the word on the street is you're a Nutanix move expert. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I actually was in the original alpha test for the, you know, we, we called it back then, what, extract for VMware um, and actually used the alpha to move a production environment from an old VMware environment onto Nutanix. Um, and Credit to uh, credit to Jeremy. Was it Jeremy? I don't know how to say Jeremy's last name, but his staff. I really had very few problems. Um, uh, the biggest problem I had was we were running really some really old versions of Linux and uh, Windows, uh, like pre R two. Uh, so I had to do funny things like go get uh, instead of the uh, uh, what is it the Vert I O drivers. I had to go get the Red Hat version of those drivers for the older OSs. <laughs> 
but we made it all work. So right on. So just even as one step back, what at a high level, what is Nutanix move doing today? Today it is is probably one of the best tools that that Nutanix has for migrating from you know VMware Hyper-V uh, on to Nutanix and I guess AWS now. I haven't I can't say I've experienced that personally, but I know that is there. But if you know you want to go to HV, it is a tool um, that will get you there pretty pretty easily and pretty pretty quickly. Um, I, I've done you know small servers, and we even moved a 10 terabyte file server this time, and I was amazed how easy it was. Um, so uh, it's it's a great tool if you're going HV. I mean, it's one of those things where when I we were thinking about going HV, you know the first thing we talked about was how are we going to get off of VMware, and you know, and and then also Hyper-V because we knew we had another site running Hyper-V, and about that time, uh, you know, my uh, sales rep said, hey, we've got this alpha tool. Do you want to be in the alpha? And I jumped all over it. Um, because up until then, we kind of were doing, uh, you know, uh, was it the VMware converter to a VMDK file, then copying the VMDK file into Nutanix and waiting for Nutanix to convert it. And it just was this, you know, long, drawn-out path. Um, and, and Move made all of that way, way easier. And this- it's free. Just described as a services dream job. There's lots of lots of billable hours. Well, that well, that's awesome. Can you? So, as part of getting Move set up, what what do you need? Do you need a lot of other infrastructure, other virtual machines, or can you? You know, is it drag and drop? What is it? What does a deployment look like? Um, at least from a, a planning perspective. Yeah, I mean, the, for me, it's been you know, it's been pretty. the The two places I've used it, you know, I had brand new Nutanix clusters rating, so it was just a matter of downloading the the move file from the from the you know the portal um, and following the deployment instructions, uh, uh, which were were pretty straightforward and simple. Um, it basically creates a little applet to connect to the cluster, and then it'll deploy the VM for you. Um, and uh, from there, it's it's pretty simple. You know, the big thing is, you know, it has to be on the Nutanix cluster you're going to. That's probably the biggest thing you have. People have to remember. And it, how you know, it does, doesn't run on your local PC or anything. <laughs> that that could be good or bad. Probably good though. You don't really want your virtual machines being locked out of the the data center by someone in their laptop. Right. <laughs> what and how many? You know, how many jobs can you schedule at any one time? If you have like, you know, do you want to do just one or two at a time or can you, you know, can you move 10, 20? How, how would that look for a large move? Yeah, for, for me, it, was, it had to plan. And I noticed that, you know, it was basically um, on data set size. So if I was going to move 10 servers and they were all very small, I'd go ahead and move those 10 servers at once. Um, I had, like I said, I mentioned earlier, I moved a 10 terabyte file server. Um, that took about two days to copy the data. That's not a Nutanix move thing. That was more from the network I was on. Um, and that was all always Nutanix move at that time. It's always a network. We actually fi- have to fix the problem. We realized we were running through a one gig link during that. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, but it, it was all it could kind of do right then. So it was, so I kind of tell people, you need know, to kind of figure out what, your data set size is. And for me, it's kind of limited. I've got a, you know, we have lovely things like change processes and stuff. So I have to, you know, I always do stuff in small sets just because of the, the change process I had to go through. 
Yeah, you don't really want to find out a problem at a grand scale if you can. So it's always best kind of do at least one or two before kind of going full bore on anything. I guess that would be a... Absolutely. Um, so you haven't used it for AWS, but ESXi and Hyper-V, are there sure. nuances between the two that you need to um, be aware of? Not not on the on the move side. Basically, uh, the VMware side it's pretty straightforward. I mean, you have an account into your your vSphere, um, and it it you know you just connect it up and it, it connects up with the um, with Nutanix move for Hyper V. You had to we had to do something related to um, PowerShell. There's a and and nice thing is they provided the command in the Nutanix move documents to make Hyper V. I think it was just I think it was a WinRM setting actually to let move talk directly to the Hyper V servers. And and like I said, the great thing was it was all in the document. Um, I actually gave all the instructions to my coworker. We did this down in Brazil and he did it all on his own and he had never seen move. So as far as getting it set up. So like I said, it's the great thing, Jeremy and his team did a great team documenting all the little steps between different and even the difference between VMware and Hyper-V. And and like I said, I just gave the instructions to my my coworker down in, in Brazil, and he said, "All right, okay, I got it worked. It's hooked up. All right, great." <laughs> <laughs> David, I was wondering what 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 um, how did your management team um, like when you reported this back up to your your, your management? How, what, what what was their um, their take on it? So I'm actually, this is one of the things I was working on today. My my manager asked me to do a write-up for what we did down in Brazil um, because everybody was blown away how quick um, we moved stuff down there. Um, they had a, a three-server hyper, Hyper-V cluster, probably about 20 or 25 virtual servers, very old hardware, um, and we sent them down, uh, you know, G6, uh, three-node Nutanix, and... They got 10 gig networking down there, and they got all kinds of new stuff. And traditionally, it had that we had sent stuff out like that to some of our global sites, and it sat. Well, I spent a little bit of time with my our co- my coworker down there. I showed him how to use Move. We got it set up, and off he went. Um, I've, I he didn't hit a single problem. Once I showed him how to do one, he was able to do the rest. And my boss and my boss's boss are blown away how fast we got it done. And like I said, I'm writing up a whole thing, but basically patting, um, patting my coworker on the back for taking hold of it. But yeah, I'm definitely going to mention the tools in Nutanix and how seamlessly and easy that made. And to me, it's a, it's a, it. We want to make sure people know this is a great win. The guy down in Brazil worked really hard. The tool worked great. And and like I said, like I said, they already know. We just you know we like to. We like to tell people what's going on sometimes sure. because you know, I people don't always know what happens in IT and all the background working. So we try to make. People oh man, know what don't we're doing. don't tell them about the tool. Tell them about the other. The, tell them about the old way. They exactly. That might as well try to get a raise out of it. Right. It's the Food. Scotty. This the Scotty uh, way of doing engineering. Right. Yeah. Tell them four hours when it only has two. Yeah. <laughs> Nutanix move promotion. It's really that simple. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was curious that just on on differences between ESXi and Hyper-V because, and I don't I don't know how much of the engineering team is left, but um, working on the product from the beginning, but a lot of the DNA from the ESXi side came from the Pernix engineers that came into the company, and so they had like low level, you know, details of ESXi, and you know <laughs> that's what made that move so easy coming off there. Um, but Hyper-V is a different beast. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it it's just different 
I guess say it's just different tools. Um, really, it's uh, um, from what I remember. Really, as far as when you set up a, a you know everything's done by plans in there. So I did plan. You set up your VMs, um, and you you know once you have the connection set up with Hyper V, it, it's pretty much the same as it was with the SXI. Um, you can auto deploy the the tools that they need to talk to it. Um, I you know it, it's funny. Like I said, I was in at the very beginning, and the very beginning when it happened, it copied the data over. Um, I had to install the vert IO drivers myself. Once the VM was live and VMware had to go in there and set the IP, you know, now, uh, you know, they've got it to where it remembers the IP. Um, you can even have it retain the Mac address. Like I had Linux, I had a couple Linux, uh, machines that, you know, they had the Mac address. I knew they had the Mac address in the config file. So you can even tell it to keep the Mac address when it moves over. And I mean, I, I had, I can't remember. I've done. 30 servers here where I'm at now, and I think I had one not come up with the IP, and I don't know why <laughs> it didn't. Must so have I been actually, that guy in Brazil. No, this was here, here where <laughs> I am. The Brazil guy said he had any problems, so whatever. <laughs> you know, it said I must. You know, it it was an older R2 machine. I'm thinking it may have been not patched completely. It may have been missing something. So, like I said, it wasn't a huge deal. Um, but yeah, I mean. We do. We did what I what I thought was really cool when I did the really big machine. You know, I told you it took two days to copy the data, and then when I first clicked into the um, where you can go in and say cutover, it'll give you an estimate of cutover time. Well, the first time I went in there, it said it was going to take sixty minutes, and I'm like, well, crap! I have a one hour change to get this done. Um, but I wasn't doing it till that night, so I went back and looked like an hour later, and I or a couple hours later, and I noticed that it kept talking to VMware and taking snapshots and all of a sudden it was down to five minutes. <laughs> and so when I actually did the cutover, it took, you know, it, it took five minutes to pretty much power down, power up the new drive, do whatever it does to sync to data. And, and that was it. It was probably, you know, five ish minutes. Um, so like I said, the tool is, is, is really cool. And, and that, that, that's what I really liked about it was the fact that I could say, all right, I'm going to do, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, seed it, I guess, ahead of time, right? Do everything up to where I want to cut over. It doesn't affect your production machine. And then when you're ready, you just hit the cut over button and it'll, it'll, it'll do the rest for you. And it keeps, like I said, it was interesting. I saw it keep taking snapshots, I assuming to keep the data sync synced up, which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah, that is great. Cause you really don't, you have a, a big VM, couple terabytes. You don't, it's going to kind of blow out your change window. If you have to wait for the whole window to do that. Right. <laughs> um, and did you have to be aware of other ESXi settings, um, thinking about maybe fault tolerance or tool versions? You know, it didn't come up <laughs> um, that I can think of. Yeah, I don't remember even considering that when I was doing it. Um, like I said, it's pretty uh, – it doesn't really mess with the production machine very much besides taking snapshots. Um, and that was true for Hyper-V, too. It just – we just – Basically, the biggest thing we did was, you know, make the connection inside a move to Hyper-V or ESXi. And then, you know, there was really no, I didn't really have to think about anything else and nothing seemed to come up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't remember even considering fault tolerance or, I mean, I was taking backups with uh, Rubrik during that time where that other machine was taking snapshots and it didn't even affect my, it didn't even affect my backup. So, my backup software. So, Oh, that's really good then. Usually when you get mixing of the worlds and, you know, the the backup software needs to keep track of its own snapshots, I can kind of 
<laughs> not cost them any great things usually in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, I think the big thing was I, I think we may have lucked out a little bit just because, uh, uh, you know, we didn't hit we didn't hit the snapshot that uh, Move was taking the same time Rubric was taking a snapshot. That probably would have been the only thing that came up. But like I said, the nice, nice thing was Move wasn't like doing a chain of snapshots. It would take a snapshot, copy the data, delete the snapshot. So it just didn't hang out there. So I guess there might be a little bit of impact on high transactional workloads, uh, at least when consolidating the snapshot. But I guess that wouldn't be any different than the backup software doing the same thing. Probably not. You know, it's not much you can do on the, the hypervisor-based snapshots. You, <laughs> you want to get rid of them. You don't want them, them lying around too long. Right. Um, and then, so you, you've migrated some stuff. Out of curiosity, the were those Nutanix clusters that you were migrated off, or are they third-party? So, yeah, the Hyper-V cluster in Brazil was uh, was an old third-party array that we were moving. Um, uh, the one I'm working on here in my office in RTP area, uh, we're actually moving from one Nutanix cluster running VMware to another, um, and then I'm actually going to slip ship the cluster that's here up to my main site in Pennsylvania um, to uh, give me more capacity up there. Uh, originally here, we built this site as a DR site, and we're just not going to do that. We're going to look into doing DR in the cloud probably. So that wouldn't be with leap, would it? Potentially it may be. Yes. Nice. <laughs> that's, uh, that's where I've been hanging my hat most of these days. So it's good to hear. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot more on the move side. It seems like it's pretty point click, uh, maybe set a schedule, move a handful of VMs and you're kind of off to the races. Pretty much, like I said, it's 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 kind of cool. Like I saw the very early entry, and you know, it was neat then, but we didn't have all it didn't have all the scheduling features. And then to come back around here recently and look at the you know the the new 3.0 move, and you have all these things where you can schedule the data seeding, you can you know basically get everything ready to go, and then you just go in there and hit the button. It's it's you know almost like hmm, one click upgrades maybe or something like that <laughs> <laughs> david are you going to be at dot uh, next i can't i can't recall yes i will be there great uh folks can uh folks that are attending can come up and uh, ask questions in the community area with uh, with david if they want some more feedback on uh, move that'd be great yep i'll be there i'm also doing a presentation too so but not on move <laughs> I'm I'm told that Angelo is taking NTCs and any other community members to the the Disneyland car ride. Awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks, Dwayne. You're you're welcome. Um, I I guess maybe one last chance for any um, any gotchas or best practices that you feel listeners should know about before embarking on move. No, I, I said I think we covered them. I I think for you know depending on the size of your VMs, you just got to be aware of how much data you're trying to move at the same time. That's probably the biggest gotcha. Like I said, the one thing I ran into was when that 10 terabyte was was seeding. It was pretty much move really couldn't do anything else at that time. But I you know I wasn't exactly disappointed by that. <laughs> I understood what was going on. Uh, but yeah, so I just you know I think you just have to be aware of how much data you're moving at the same time. Makes makes sense. Well, with that, I'll hand it over to Angelo to uh, 
to lay down the hard questions. Uh-oh. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne. So, uh, David, we have three rapid-fire questions just so the audience can get to know you a little better on a more personal uh, side. So are you ready? Sure. Here we go. iOS or Android? iOS. Cool. Ebook or physical book? I'm pretty much an ebook guy these days. Interesting. Okay. And favorite app? Uh, you know, probably Slack. To be honest with you, I, I have a you know I have a couple things I communicate with with obviously with the Nutanix uh, people, and then uh, I have a workout group that we use Slack called F3 that we're all in there, and and I use it for a couple other things. So I spend a lot of time in Slack. Mm. Yeah, I think Slack is probably the number one favorite app, if you will. Um, from from our, our guests. lives are so sad. Oh my god! <laughs> well, and then you all, you also have all these sort of integrations that um, that work with Slack. So Slack sort of becomes that hub of activity for a lot of people. But um, cool. Thanks, thanks for that, David. Uh, Dwayne. No, thanks, David, so much for letting us know about your experiences with Move, and I look forward to running into you in Anaheim at Dot Next. I'm looking forward to that. That's for sure. See you at the car ride. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out the Nutanix online community at next.nutanix.com for blogs, links to resources, upcoming schedule of Nutanix user groups, and connecting with the community. .next is happening in Anaheim, May 7 to 9. I hope to see you there. We have a great lineup of technical content, guest speakers, and community fun. Ping me on the community site if you're interested in attending. So with that, from the team here at Nutanix, have a great week. Music